Welcome to the New Street X podcast. I'm excited to have here today a special guest, Pauline Hull, the co-founder of Unique Labs. Unique Labs is a fashion and lifestyle platform that enables you to build your interoperable digital identity. They're building the metaverse for fashion and lifestyle in the future of digital retail. They connect fashion brands with brand supporters using blockchain-based transactions in a virtual gamified environment. So, Pauline, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. We've planned it for a long time and now we've finally made it happen. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, for the audience's sake, could you please like introduce yourself, take us through Unique Labs, who are you, and let's just get started. Let's learn more about what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm Pauline. I'm the co-founder of Unique Labs, as you said, and I co-founded this company together with a really good friend of mine, Taco, who I met during my studies at UCL in London. Um, about Well, we started in May officially, but we actually have been working and ideating for more than a year. And yeah, she was also the person who got me interested in NFTs. I have a fashion background, so my first uh, studies were in fashion and design management. Then I became a product designer, kind of tried different things to see what I liked the most. Um, then I ended up studying computer science for my master's degree. And then one thing led to the other, combining fashion and computer science. I yeah, found out that NFT technology can really change the fashion industry. And I met Taco, who was really into NFTs and kind of got me excited. And we started Unique Labs because we really um, think that Mm, there's so much potential, especially after Nike acquired Artifact last year. Um, we were like, okay, we have to do something. And what our goal is now with our platform is to enable everyone to become a creator, a fashion creator in the space, from designer to stylist to um, whatever fashion job you can imagine in that um, Web3 space. We're enabling people to get into that space and like really take advantage of it. And um, yeah, I think that's mostly it. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. I mean, I think the what you mentioned with Nike and Artifact is very timely, and we'll get into that later. I'd love to ask your opinion about Artifact, Nike, Adidas, everything that's happening. And it sounds like your inspiration came from a place that was personal in the sense that you were in the fashion industry, as same same as your co-founder, and realized how NFTs could apply to what you're doing. Uh, what was the initial sort of inspiration there like uh because i know nfts can be used in a few different ways in fashion right like you could think about nfts as a way to drop a collection that might be digital you could think about it as a way to like model things do a bit more like avant-garde uh fashion design you could think about it as a way to help designers from a more of like a financial perspective like get a better uh sort of situation to generate income secondary royalties etc uh so maybe narrowing down what was most influential for you and your co-founder? And then how did that lead to Unique Labs and what Unique Labs does specifically today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so at the very beginning, we actually, so we saw that brands are jumping on like different platforms, are trying to reach different audiences, like Gucci being present on all different like Web3 and Web2 platforms right now. Um, we saw that brands were doing that and we thought that's really interesting, it's cool. Um, we saw also like the critic side of things where people were like, oh, this is diluting the brand image um, of like really traditional and um, like old brands like Gucci, for example. And we started talking to people because we wanted to build something in the space. And obviously you need to get an understanding of what people think 
and um, sort of find out what's the need in the market. So we found that lots of people, especially like I would say, I, was, I talk to people around my age. Um, so I'm on the edge of Gen Z. And um, actually the last year, that's still Gen Z. Gen Z. Um, wow. So, <laughs> yeah. According to according to Heisenobiety, I mean, there are different definitions. But what we did after that is we kind of condensed all the information that we got and we found that there are lots of people who are kind of getting to know the industry. And by industry, I mean Web3 and also what fashion is like doing with Web3. Web3. So people were looking for an entry point and people were looking to become a creator. And when I say creator, I don't only mean like fashion designer. I mean, like a curator, someone who gives their opinion on a regular basis or like um, puts together some styles, like basically like a stylist. So, and people didn't know where to start. That's the thing. And we wanted to build something that allows them to really enter the space without having to commit to becoming a fashion designer or having to like quit your day job. So yeah, that's a sort of what we're so, doing right now. Yeah. So how does that work? So how, if I'm a, let's say, is a target audience, like let's say a fashion designer. So I don't know. Let's say I'm a student at a fashion school right now. Maybe I have aspirations to work uh, as a, be a prominent fashion designer. Uh, what would I do to like be onboarded into unique labs? Like what was the experience for me and what am I getting out of it? Yeah. So we have different activities on our platform. And we start with one activity where you, um, for example, let's say you style an outfit, use the fashion that we have on our platform. It's all um, created by ourselves or partner designers. And the way it works is that you take part in some competitions that are community voted. And those um, in those competitions, you gain roles and badges. And these roles and badges, of course, are going to increase in a difficulty over time. And these things, they certify your skills in the space. And because of the partnerships that we're also going to have with um, educational institutions that we are well connected with because of our backgrounds, we can really give credibility to those like roles and badges. And in the end, where it's going to lead is that fashion brands, that is also another site that we're looking at. So we have partnerships with fashion brands and they will come in and they will say, okay, you're the winner of um, this like recent competition. Do you want to collaborate with us? We really like what you did in this competition. And I'm not saying that the goal is to be hired by a fashion brand, but it's certainly to gain visibility and to build your like sort of um, creator personality in the space with all the badges and roles and also skills that you gained. So in a way, if I'm understanding it correctly, it's kind of like maybe to use a broad term here, creator economy for web three fashion because if i'm a designer or creator in the broadest sense or a curator someone is really into this i go to unique labs and i'd be like oh cool there's some like games and challenges here that would educate me on how to design digitally how to maybe understand the blockchain understand nfts and that these modules in the form of games like a, i'm just thinking about duolingo <clears throat> don't know if that's the best analogy there but those modules are created by you, Perfect. by your partner. Okay, good analogy. Okay, great. Like uh, by you, your partner designers, by other fashion brands. And then the outcome would be 
as I, as I go on this journey of Unique Labs, step one, I'm interested in how digital fashion works and how Web3 works. By the end of the, the steps, I've earned badges. I've learned more about how this works. And potentially, you've created an opportunity for someone like myself to take on a full-time role in this career and contribute to what the world of digital fashion Web3 means. Is that, is that a fair way to characterize it? It's perfect, actually. And I love that you brought up Duolingo because... Um, I just had this conversation with um, a good friend of ours and we were saying that Duolingo has like the perfect mix of keeping people engaged, making it fun and almost not like a game, but fun enough. So you don't really feel that it's maybe completely, I'm not going to say, but yeah, it doesn't feel like learning. It feels, it feels like fun. So this is what we're trying to do. And that's why we don't fall into either, like we don't fall into gaming or education it's something in between but i feel like looking at what we said before looking at the recent developments and nike's um dot swoosh platform and um other platforms in the space there's no no need to really put yourself in to one box yeah that's a good point because i think i was gonna bring this up later but probably i could touch on it now but just for people that aren't aware of the dot swoosh platform and let me you you know it's probably better than i do but Essentially, well, to, to take a step back here, Nike acquired the NFT fashion brand Artifact a year ago. And prior to the acquisition, Artifact had been really pioneering digital physical fashion, particularly in the form of sneakers. They'd be releasing sneakers in the form of NFTs where you'd buy this NFT digital sneaker and then you'd receive like a physical pair. Like, And this is usually done in collaboration with famous artists or designers. You'd receive a pair of that uh, a physical version of that pair in real life uh, that was inspired and basically looks the same as the digital NFT. So what Nike's now done with Artifact is release things like Crypto Kicks, which are basically uh, NFTs that are designed as like you know futuristic looking sneakers in collaboration with a bunch of designers. And then you can receive a physical version of that too. So it's kind of creating like a digital layer to the currently existing physical sneaker process and making the designers slightly more collaborative uh, and crowdsource slash decentralized and dot swoosh uh, over the last week was announced by nike which is they're calling i think a like a, a platform for virtual creations where they're going to allow creators in the broadest sense of the term to build virtual sneakers virtual apparel in collaboration with nike and by doing so they will be able to potentially co-release these products with nike and receive royalties from them of course probably bring more of a brand and awareness to themselves as these designers make some money from it, of course. And then on top of that, Nike's creating like a web three educational platform for these designers themselves, these like potential purchasers of these products. So essentially like a virtual product studio with underlying blockchain NFT technology that Nike wants to open up and have people contribute to. Uh, Is that, first off, is that before we get into like this application to you, is that the right way to describe it as well, uh, the dot swoosh? Yeah, I think I, I couldn't have said it any better. I think overall, it's like a platform for fashion creators and di- digital creators, I would say, not only fashion creators. Yeah. And I think the emphasis on education, because I also recently, I got an email from Nike saying, um, sorry, dot swoosh, dot swoosh saying, um, we're like starting our tour, I think they were in Toronto, maybe it's they had like live events where they educate people on what NFTs are, what digital collect collectibles are, um, 
what the future of fashion looks like. And that's really cool, I think, that they're onboarding people into that space. That's great. And it sounds like you have a similar-ish mission with Unique Labs to like onboard people and and, and maybe like, maybe you could be a partner of Nike Stotswoosh because uh, it sounds like you're, you're ta- tackling similar-ish things. Yeah, that's true, actually. So we actually have a very, I would say very similar in some ways approach mm-hmm. to educating people. We are focusing on people who know what NFTs and digital collect- collectibles are already, for the beginning at least. We have our roadmap to like um, onboard people to digital collect- collectibles later on. But for now, we focus on people who know already, like who are like sort of in this Web3 community. Yeah. And that's where we're going to test our proof of concept and get nice. the first like experience after the product is actually finished because we're still um, pre-product. So we're building the pro- we're building the MVP right now. Um, yeah, so it's similar. But yeah. we have kind of a different starting point, I think. Partnership and what, definitely yeah. possible in the future. Yeah, totally. Well, I we talked about the starting point, but how about like the end point, or I guess like the vision here? So like, do you see a world where, not to put like a timeline on it, but um, Unique Labs, what is the grand vision of what you would like it to be? Great question. So the ultimate goal is to be the biggest platform for digital fashion creators and we are planning to have something called a unique hub and unique hub will be a place where you can learn you can have events like so first of all from the creator side you will have the ability to have to build like your own community on the platform and to build your followers and the great thing is that unlike instagram or i don't know twitter for example when you build your community with our platform, you will not be able to lose it again. Like because of blockchain, obviously, whatever happens to the platform, if you're hacked on Instagram, you lose everything. This will not happen to you. So you build your community around your creations. Um, we're gonna have a marketplace as well where you can um, also sell your creations, obviously, or trade them. And then, so the grand vision is Unique Hub where people can learn how to become digital creators. And on the other hand, we're planning to actually expand on our brand side as well, on our brand partnership side. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring our sort of fashion and life lifestyle um, platform to the fashion brands by actually offering them our APIs for their websites, for example. So then people can actually style not only their virtual selves, but also their physical selves and combining different pieces. So because we're really into the whole aspect of combining virtual clothes with physical clothes, I'm not going to say fidgetal. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that, a, is that a word? I, some people I talk to are absolutely repulsed by that word. Some people act like love that word, but it, 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 it makes sense, you know, the word, but I don't, I don't love the way it sounds. Yeah. It's kind of cheesy. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's just a sound that. Because it's for many people, it doesn't say anything because they they're like, oh, <laughs> what's that supposed to be? So it's better to be clear and to say like, to summarize what I was actually gonna say about Unique Labs. What the end goal is: we have Unique Hub, we have people building their digital fashion identities with their communities, and we have the brand side where we bring our platform to the brands and help them use it for their benefit. And why do you think? digital fashion and digital identity is important because let's say if i were to 
talk to someone perhaps who might have less enthusiasm for this topic, who might be a traditional fashion designer, maybe someone that's grown up making, uh, using like actual physical textures and textiles to create fashion. Uh, for someone like that, who perhaps might not be as enthusiastic about the idea of digital fashion, let me just take a step back here. Why is it an important thing now? And why, why is it something that makes sense now versus 30, 40 years ago? Yeah. Good question. And I love that you said someone who's grown up. <laughs> yeah. I just like, you know, like, I mean, cause I mean, just literally the technologies didn't exist, right? Like the idea of creating a digital skin for someone on second life or on Fortnite, that just wasn't even a thing in the 1970s, of course. Right. So there's a sort of obvious answer where it's like the technology doesn't, ex didn't exist. But as we spend more time in digital worlds, like, I think there's a lot of interesting reasons why you, not you, but like a person would want to take digital fashion more seriously. And I think it probably has to do with some topics around what identity means as we live in digital worlds too. So let's just get your thoughts on that. Yeah, sure. So I think we're spending like so much time already on digital platforms, whether we like it or not, we use all our like, I don't know, my screen time is immense. And I use most of my time on in digital worlds, be it Zoom, Google Meets, Instagram, Twitter, or also some gaming platforms. And the thing is, especially Gen Z, they're actually spending more time socializing um, virtually than they do in person. So this is especially relevant for them. And digital identity just means like the sum of your character, your interests, your skills, your experience, but also your visual experience, uh, visual um, appearance. So the thing is, our visual appearance is quite important on different platforms. Like, I don't know, look at Fortnite, where people, I think, um, spend thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on skins. And that could be because they have special powers or maybe because they just look really cool. And so these things have been go going on for a while. Then you have like on Roblox, for example, people changing, I think, their avatars almost on a daily basis because you want to express your different identities and um it's it's normal i mean for different occasions you want to look different you want to give off a different vibe i mean you wouldn't wear the same thing that you wear to a party also to a funeral unless for very specific cases you might but usually you probably won't so <laughs> yeah so the thing is visual appearance is one thing but then you also have the whole character you have your skills and your experience and when you look at Instagram, for example, just as an example of a platform, you can see that you have these badges saying fashion designer or like model or like um, you have all these different like sort of job titles that say who you are, like what your professional background is. But at the same time, these platforms are also our lookbooks if you're in the creative industry. So you use them as your portfolio, so to say, to connect with customers and so this is all your digital identity. And there first of all needs to be a way that you don't lose this identity when something happens to the platform. So you want to be independent from single platforms. This is really important. Um, also looking at, at TikTok and like how unclear it was for some time that whether TikTok might be still um, possible to be used in the US. So that's just an example of how like risky it can be if you've built your whole following and your community on one platform and 
yeah, your question initially was my take on digital identity. So I think the more we spend on social platforms, the more time we spend there, it's going to be more and more important to not only show our visual style and appearance, but who we are, including our skills, character, personality. Yeah, that's that's interesting because, again, like I, I always use this sort of uh, analogy of like, oh, well, if, if I was like 80 years old and I didn't understand this, like an 80, 80 year old version of me, what would he think about this? Because as you were talking, mm-hmm. I was rem- reminded of the fact that, for example, a previous podcast guest was this company called Hologram, and they take like your NFT and allow you to use it as a sort of uh, motion tracking like visual avatar. So if you're on a Zoom call and you have like a cool cat as your NFT, you could use that as like, that's your identity. And that that is a form of digital identity. I think about all my friends who have their profile pictures on Twitter as a particular uh, NFT that they own and how that's such a big part of their own identity and how that translates into real life where if someone is part of some sort of NFT community, they very deeply care about it sometimes. Um, by going to meetups and they say, oh, I am an ape, I'm a punk, etc." So yeah, this is something that's that's super interesting to me. And I, I love how you've got a clear grasp of how you can contribute to it and what Unique Labs is doing. Um, I'd love to learn more about how your personal experiences and backgrounds and passions, maybe from childhood, have led to this because you mentioned that you went to study fashion. And I always like to hear people's stories about where does that inherent passion come from? Is this something where I don't, since you were a kid, did you always want to be working in fashion? What's, what's the story behind where you are today and how that relates to how you grew up and what you're passionate about? Passion for fashion. (laughs) Yeah. So I think in my personal background, I was interested in a lot of things and I never really said, I want to do this one thing and that's going to be it. But I was for sure always interested in self-expression and I also liked fashion. I always had a passion for fashion. <laughs> um, but I wanted to try different things in order to like do something different with it later on. So like I became a product designer. I learned a lot about marketing and my fashion design studies. And I wanted to apply that at some point. So my goal wasn't to become a fashion designer or a computer scientist by studying these things, but to like use them and kind of combine them into something different later on and but yeah I've been always quite creative I also would say that my especially my mom is a really creative person and she had a really like huge love for interior design which is something that you can definitely tell when you step into the house um and yeah I I get I would say that I wanted to be a fashion like I wanted to work in fashion at some point but when I realized and I graduated from uni, I kind of became a bit bored with fashion. And I don't know, bored with the traditional way that fashion works and hearing the stories from other people. Like I had some friends who had just started working at LVMH and they were really, really annoyed by like these um, big corporate structures and they didn't really like the sort of climate that they were working in. So I decided that fashion is too superficial for me. I want to do something different. Um, I went into like the sort of medical product design space that I still really love because I'm I'm really into um, I wouldn't say healthcare but like solving problems to improve people's health and so that's what I did for two years I became a product designer at a medical health startup 
and then went into computer science. Um, but then fashion came up more and more, I would say, during that time. And then especially when we were, when we like witnessed the whole shift in the fashion space towards Web3, that's when I became excited because I feel like fashion by itself is boring, computer science by itself is boring, but putting both together, that was interesting, you know? No, it what you're touching on is something that I wanted to ask, but what does it even mean to be like a creator or designer today? Because what you've described in, in, in yourself is this very like multidisciplinary thing where it's like, you're not just, you didn't just grow up with a traditional fashion design background. You also work in product design, you have a background in computer science. And this is, I think, a strength that you have all these different elements to yourself that isn't just one narrowly focused. Uh, is that... Like, what does that mean to be a creator today? Because when I, I mean, even just saying that word, I don't even know if that's the right word. You know, like we, we mentioned this earlier, like creator, designer, curator. Uh, how has the definition of that changed in, in the world today? Hmm. I think that from the technology, like technology <clears throat> that you can use to like become a creator, they've just become, there's so many opportunities. There's so many things you can do. You can become a fashion creator, for example, by creating the background scenes in Unreal Engine, yeah. that which is a um, 3D modeling and um, basically a tool that people use to create animated movies. Mm. So you can become a creator for like background scenes. You can um, be like a, an assistant to like photographer and like tell the model essentially how they have to stand. So like mm -hmm. you can post your opinion on Instagram and you're going to be a fashion creator. It's if you have an opinion about something or you can kind of contribute at least something to the space, I think that already qualifies you as a fashion creator or like a creator in general, because it's not about taking a pen and drawing yeah. a dress. It's <laughs> this is not the only way that you can express your yourself. It's also like saying, oh, I don't like what happened with Gucci. I don't like that Alessandro Michele, the chief creative director of Gucci, left Gucci because X, Y, Z. So that's already a way to contribute something and to be, be a creator, if that makes sense. And, and let's say you're someone who is in school right now and you're studying fashion. Like, what is the path that's different? Because one of the things, because of technology I'm thinking too, is that I mean, technology is a broad term, you know, tech seamstresses were using technology and creating things and like silk screens and printing, that's technology. But today, uh, if you're being a fashion designer, is I guess, is it also beneficial for you to have, and as in general, more backgrounds in like 3D modeling in using software that might have be like a mixture of engineering software and like visualization software? Uh, I just like I'm wondering like what the path is for a student these days in terms of being more aware of how technology impacts their industry. So I was speaking with a few students. I mean, obviously in my university we also had like the pure fashion design track. So I know that at least when I went to uni, these tools like Blender, Marvelous Designer, Glow 3D that you use to create these hyper realistic fashion items today, they were not taught back then. Um, Maybe they were different unis, but speaking to, and I bring up the example of a good friend of mine that we like often run into each other at events at different like fashion related events here in London, which is really cool. 
Um, and she is a fashion design student that she was studying at, I think, University of the Arts. Or, no, sorry, London, London College of Fashion Business School, I believe. And she said that actually she didn't learn that at all. These like tools that people use now to create fashion, digital fashion. But she found that during the pandemic, there was because you couldn't access the lab, you couldn't like go into uni and like use all the resources that they had for you. Same for us, by the way. So we, what she did was she started experimenting with different tools, and I think I've heard that a few times already that this pandemic like inspired people to start trying different things, but. Actually, digital fashion design has been around for longer because computer games have been around for a long time and skins and fashion that you dress your avatars in, they've just been a big thing for ages. So I think for fashion design students or for fashion students in general, it's not necessary to learn these things if you don't want to. If you don't want to, by all means, you don't have to, but I think that there are more possibilities for digital fashion than they are for physical fashion and maybe one of the keys is also to learn to combine the two because I think that's going to be the real like the real hot spot of where the future is going to be in fashion totally and and is this like something that is very much widely accepted now in the sense that if we went to go because it sounds like the person you're talking to that friend of yours they didn't have much experience from their curriculum of digital fashion until COVID happened. So if we went to go talk to professors or like whatever the the lead people at art and fashion schools right now, is this topic something that is becoming very prominent or is there still pushback from maybe traditional fashion in terms of the value of digital fashion? So looking at the network of like fashion institutions in London, I think mm -hmm. it's very much a thing now, which is great because yeah. I have spoken to a few people. Oh, we also had um, someone on our podcast who has one of these educational institutions for digital fashion. And um, he is the co-founder of the Digital Fashion Group based in Amsterdam. And I think what they do is they really focus heavily on 3D design. So that's really cool. At the same time, they teach you about marketing and like how to market yourself, how to build a community extremely relevant and interesting and important in the space but it's become a thing i would say and it's it's getting to this point where it's not you can't ignore it anymore and i think if you have if you have an educational institution like uni where you teach fashion courses you need to at least mention what digital fashion is and where it's going to go in the future because otherwise you deprive your students of like crucial information because this is where the industry is leading and by the way i think by 2030 the whole digital fashion industry will be worth around 50 billion us dollars okay. so yeah. there's so many opportunities to take part yeah. in that well i think another stakeholder apart from fashion educational institutions is is fashion brands themselves right so like putting aside my my previous question let's say I were to talk to the creative directors of every brand in the fashion industry from, I don't know, Gucci to H&M to LVMH to uh, Zara, whatever, just whether it's big or small, Uniqlo, like luxury or more uh, accessible fashion, 
what do you see as the trend of how these brands are approaching digital fashion, Web3 NFTs? I know we can talk about very somewhat specific uh, drops or projects on a case-by-case basis, but maybe at a macro level first, how do you see these brands thinking about this in good ways or not so good ways? And then are there particular examples of companies or projects that you find particularly interesting? Yeah, so I feel like lots of larger digital, larger fashion brands, not digital fashion brands, just larger traditional brands, they always wait for someone else to take the first step and then they kind of slowly start to engage with new ways of like building communities or creating fashion. But like once I get into it and they see, obviously you have to like do it the right way. You have to execute your whole vision in a cohesive way. So it doesn't come across as if you're just trying to like dip your toes into the water of digital fashion and like then just pull back if it doesn't work. Like you need to really understand the vision behind it and you need to know why this is going to be the future and really believe in it and then do it. And I think you can tell the difference with different brands. Um, In terms of examples, so I would say that I'm very impressed with Gucci. I'm impressed with them because they have found a way to engage with gamers, Gen Z, Gen what comes after Gen Z? Is it Gen Zero or Gen A? I think Alpha. Someone was telling me this the other day. I think it's Gen Alpha. I think someone someone telling me this at dinner. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So they. Yeah, something like that. So, whatever comes after Gen Z. So I think Gucci has done a really good job because they're basically present on all platforms, and right. they've done that while maintaining like this really prestigious brand image that it's yeah. still very like. Um, desirable for many people to, I don't know, own at least one piece from Gucci because they haven't lost the prestige and like the mm-hmm. the feeling about the brand. But that's that's a really good example, I think. Then there are some projects, also some projects that I'm part of. For example, Lacoste. They have like recently launched their fashion collection, uh, sorry, NFT collection. And I would say that This is an example where I'm still kind of trying to see where it's going to lead because it kind of took some time for them to actually reveal what the NFT collection is going to be. And there was also no like clear communication on what the benefits are to like enter in their like NFT community. And although it was quite difficult to like get into the community and in terms of like getting on the whitelist and like being allowed to buy an NFT, I feel like there's it's not really clear and it makes me think that the vision has not like really been properly discussed or like set out so that's maybe but I'm still like kind of keeping it open because I'm not sure where it's going to lead then obviously Nike and Dot Swoosh I think that's a great initiative like brands like Nike they have the power to really make a difference in the industry because they have a huge audience and if they launch one educational video about what digital fashion is, then they have like, I don't know, millions of people on board it in a matter of seconds. So that's, that's really powerful. Then actually I want to bring up one example that is not really a fashion product project, but, and not a fashion brand, but still very relevant to 
where the whole space is going. And that's 10KTF, who were recently acquired by Yuga Labs. Um, you know them, I assume? Yeah, so 10KTF is a company that's co-founded or owned by Beeple, right? And they've, re- they've launched an NFT project, which is like a 10,000 uh, avatar collection. I don't know that much about them, though. So, yeah, I'd love to learn more about why this is important. Yeah, sure. So they were start- they were founded by a company called Renew, where Beeple is, I think, the co-founder of the company. So he is really deeply involved in that project. And what they kind of did differently than other projects is, I don't, I don't need to get into like the details of what exactly the storyline is because it's really complicated and long and detailed, but they essentially allowed people to put their own designs on fashion pieces and then collect different items from the collection in order to put them together to create a fashion piece. So like they would distribute and like yeah like from scissors to like fabrics and then you would put them together and you can create sort of a new nft which is a fashion Mm -hmm. piece or um something that the narrator of the storyline needs to like fight in the battle so that sort of things so what i'm why i brought it up is because there are so many parts to it that you can engage in this game and become a creator while you're playing it. Wow. So, and also the storyline is amazing. I yeah. love that it's so engaging and so captivating. I didn't know this. This is fascinating. I had no, I had yeah. no idea. And, and one of the things I'm thinking is like common threads in things that you admire in terms of successful NFT projects or like Web3 uh, intentions is things that are like strategic, clearly, clearly, clearly positioned uh, and things that are creative. Because what I heard also from the Lacoste stuff is that every brand wants to approach things like digital experiences, Web3, but if they're not intentional about it and it isn't clear what they're doing, that seems to be the, the, the biggest problem. Uh, and it sounds like the stuff that you meant you, br- you brought up that are good examples are the opposite. And that last 10KTF, I had no idea. That, that, sounds, that's a very, that sounds very awesome. Yeah, actually just, well... I only a few weeks ago, I started like watching YouTube videos about the whole storyline and to understand what was actually going on in the project. But I think it's, it does, it's not known as fashion project at all because yes, they did have like fashion items that they sold as NFTs and people could like put their own prints on their NFTs on their like yeah. digital sneakers, for example, which is really cool, but it didn't get known as like this fashion project because it's not, but the aspects from this project are like that you can become a creator by just doing simple, not simple, but you can do little things to become a creator. And yeah. I think it's can really change the fashion industry in general. That's so cool. I, I'll keep an eye out on that. Um, I, Cause I, I think we also look at yeah. Nike and I, I want to contrast that with Adidas because we wrote an article about this at New Street last week about yeah. how, uh, I don't know if you read it, but um, Nike seems to be building more of like a platform and an ecosystem that's thought through, but Adidas last week dropped these like virtual puffer jackets and, you know, they, they look great and they're done in collaboration with artists. It's part of their overall like into the metaverse strategy. But to me, it seemed more like, like a one-off product drop that wasn't linked to a sort of broader strategic objective. And that's fine. I'm not saying that's bad. However, when you compare that to Nike, as you can, as you would inevitably compare Adidas and Nike as competitors, 
it seems like Nike is a much more thoughtful approach. So uh, knowing that you're probably aware of these things, would, would you agree with that? Uh, how do you contrast like Adidas and what they're doing versus Nike? Yeah, I think it was a genius move to acquire Artifact. I think yeah. because most of the work, I believe that like Nike is doing in the space now is all due to Artifact. So yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, that was a genius move. <laughs> yeah. Then Adidas, and I just, <laughs> I realized that I haven't even brought up Adidas once. And maybe this speaks for itself, but yeah, I did see the drop and I saw that in the um, board ape discord that people were making fun of, like they were putting like some yeah. of the ape, their like on ape photos yeah, on this like 3D jacket, which obviously yeah. doesn't go like one is 3D, one is like a 2D sketch. And it was just really funny to see their comments. And um, I actually haven't checked it, but were there any, do you know if there are any like newer developments on the Adidas? Wasn't there like an Adidas metaverse that they're also planning, like Adidas Squares or something? I think so. I don't know the details, but this is kind of indicative. I mean, they bought plots of land in the sandbox. And, uh, but this, I think this is kind of indicative of what we're talking about, right? Like you are particularly into this space. So I would imagine if you don't know what Adidas is doing with complete clarity, mm-hmm. most people would have no idea. And, on the flip side, you clearly know what Nike is doing. And that seems to be like a function of how well they've communicated that and just executed. So I, I wish Adidas the best. I think more competition is good, but uh, it's, it's interesting to note the differences in how these companies are approaching things and the pros and cons to that. 100%. And actually, now that you said that, it made me think of all the touch points that I've already had with Nike and Dotswood. Yeah. Which is like, they, so first of all, huge communications on Twitter and like, um, yeah. Instagram as well and like people were signing up for the waitlist and then waiting to get the access code and they also had like a live um, session that I joined in their sneakers app which oh like, they had that as well Sorry. wow I didn't know that they had a live and the sneakers app too that's great I just had no idea yeah that was like a, I think about a week ago and they were like sort of taking two hours to like really explain in detail what this project is about and sort of getting all like all the people that have this app already that maybe are into sneaker trading or like just Nike customers in general, those people will all probably have watched this video. So it's gone viral already in this community, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, we, as, as we're kind of running out of time here, like I'd love to know before, before closing, what are some other like exciting things in the digital fashion NFT brand space that we haven't mentioned so far, but you're following intensely at the moment? Yeah, so first of all, the creator economy. We kind mm-hmm. of touched on this already, so I'm not going to go into detail there, but there's an interesting topic that I wanted to bring up, which is kind of, um, I, I started thinking about this when I had a conversation with a friend recently, which is combining biofeedback. I'm going to explain what that is in a moment. Yeah. Biofeedback and digital fashion. And I'm really because I did that for my master thesis. I was going to write a PhD on it as well, which uh, didn't happen in the end because <laughs> because unique loves happened, which is great yeah. and I'm so happy. But which is like measuring your bodily functions, like for example, your heart rate or heart rate variability, which are different things. Um, and then using that input to like show it to the person so they can actually change it in order to improve their health. And using that together with digital fashion, I think would be super cool. Like, for example, 
if you have a way of like um, measuring your mood, which I know that there's work, like someone is working on that already. I know that person. It's like measuring your serotonin levels in your blood. Then you can go ahead and show your outfit in different color and like sort of show other people what your mood is, which is crazy and cool at the same time, I think. Um, So that's really exciting for me. And in general, I feel like we've talked about virtual fashion a lot and digital fashion, uh, virtual fashion and physical fashion. But then how do you really bring it together so that if you wear something already, obviously we're not all going to walk around naked. I mean, it's like five degrees outside. It's November. <laughs> we're in London. So you want to find a way to combine the digital with the physical in a really coherent way. And I think that's a big challenge also with like when it comes to graphics and the technology behind it. So that is what excites me a lot at the moment. Very, very cool. Uh, now, Pauline, thanks so much for, for all your answers so far. I'd like to end with the same questions I ask every guest. And the first, the same two questions, the first being, where can people find you uh, on social media, et cetera, Unique Labs? And two, what's one last message you'd like to leave with the audience? So you can find us, you can find me and my co-founder and also Unique Labs on Twitter. I am Pauline Unique. My co-founder is Taco Unique um, with an underscore in between. And then we have Unique underscore Labs on Twitter as well. You can also find us on LinkedIn. We're fairly active there as well. And on Instagram as well, under the same names. And your last question. So I would like to say that everyone can be a fashion creator and I would say express yourself and be bold and be creative and try to think of digital fashion as fashion as a way to break down some borders that you've had in real life in the physical world and express yourself amazing thanks so much Pauline really appreciate it thank you for having me it was so fun Thanks for listening to the New Street X podcast. You can learn more about Pauline and Unique Labs in the show notes and learn more about New Street at newstreet.com. Make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.